it's a great day for some coffee and a chat in the greenhouse. So grab your cup and I'll see you there. Hey friends, and welcome back to Chats in the Greenhouse. Thanks so much for joining me today. Last week, I had spoke about an unexpected miracle God had shown me through the magnolia tree on my property, promising that he was going to give us our fourth and final baby, and then the deliverance of that baby and the significance between that and mothers and Mary and Sarah and all the things. So if you tuned in, I hope that you found encouragement through that. And this week, we're moving on to the next chapter of my book and there's only two left which saddens me but also makes me excited to finish up this series and this is going to be chapter 15 and my book is called by faith and i love this chapter it's probably my favorite chapter in the book i learned so much through the writing of this chapter um i remember god i remember literally when i was writing it and just sitting in my bed and just like praying for god to show me exactly why I had to go through this this crazy infertility battle, why I went through all the things for 12 years trying to conceive, conceiving, giving birth, and also losing some, and why I had to go through that and why God answered my prayer, because that was one thing that was on repeat of, okay, there's a lot of women out there whose prayers are not fulfilled why did you answer mine? And this is not specifically the answer for every single person. This is definitely my opinion, how God directly spoke to me, telling me why he did this for me in my life. And I feel like other people can also pertain this to their own life and how they live out their everyday walk with Jesus through faith how strong they believe in him and do not doubt in the prayers that they're asking for. I 100% believe that through this chapter, I learned God telling me there is a reason. So the beginning of this chapter, I have a scripture. I have a lot of scriptures actually through this um, chapter. This podcast might be the longest one yet because I think it's very important to read those and break them down. And that's what we're going to do together today. The first one is... Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. Okay, that is huge. Okay, those people in the Bible are our ancestors, right? My grandparents that I've spoken about throughout this book are my ancestors. And it says this act of faith is what has distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd, above everyone else. Is their faith undeniable, unshakable faith that God is God and it's the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. I love this scripture so much when I found it. I was like, oh my gosh, I love it. Because it's so true. And I want to have a faith like that for the rest of my life, right? Another scripture that I have at the beginning is, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So we must have faith to come to God and have salvation. We all know that as Christians. If you're not a Christian, you definitely have to have faith and believe that God is and has done everything that he has ever said. Okay, so the start of this chapter, um, I start to explain 
that before experiencing my first miscarriage and the beginning of this book, remember, if you've listened to the earlier podcast that I shared about God using a hummingbird to confirm everything in my life over and over again, I would pray for something, I'd ask God, and he'd send a hummingbird in front of me and literally right after it would be fulfilled. Even small things, I didn't share all the things, but just the fact that that was mine and God's thing. And he just sent them as like a comfort. They were constantly at our old house. Then they were at my new house when I built it. And he just kept using it until the day that I had my first miscarriage. He used a hummingbird that day, come at my face. I knew I lost the baby and like in that very moment. And that was the last hummingbird I saw literally on my property for three or four years because I had prayed like, God, I don't want to see another hummingbird. Like I didn't want to see him because I was so confused and conflicted because God had always used them in my life as a promise. And on that day, it changed and he used it. I felt like as a curse as basically to communicate with me that I was losing something. And so from that point on, I was like, I didn't know how to take it. I was just like, okay, there's a hummingbird all up in my face. Is it a promise or are you getting ready to take something from me? Something bad going to happen or good? I didn't know. So I was like, just take him away. And he did, which is so crazy. And I wanted to tell you the story of when the first hummingbird came back because today they're everywhere. I have around, I have a feeder on my front porch and I have a feeder on my back porch. And at any given time, I have like seven on the front porch that's constantly swarm around. And I also have six or seven, eight, whatever on the back porch. They're everywhere. And they'll come right at your face. We've caught them. We had two in our garage this year. Stand up on a ladder. They'll land on your hand. You catch them and then you get them out of the garage so they can go to safety because they'll like wear themselves out. But yes, so the day that God actually sent hummingbirds back to my house and this is also just one of those cold chill moments of a confirmation of God and how he does care about the details in our lives today was the week I had my last baby so the whole time I was pregnant with her she was a July baby so I should have had hummingbirds while I was pregnant didn't have not one and I remember sitting on the couch I'd had a c-section I ended up having to have c-sections I've failed deliveries um, with all of mine and I was sitting on the couch holding my baby smelling like the newborn smell taking it all in all the snuggles Hallmark Channel on repeat can I get an amen <laughs> um, but I'm sitting there and I see like the flicker of something and I look out my window and on this little string of lights yes it was july and yes i still had christmas lights on my porch i'm just being transparent they were the ball ones they weren't the little pointy ones but there was two years there we left the lights up whatever and so anyways it lands on there and it's just looking at me like a staring contest we're just staring back and forth and i just remember this overwhelming sense of it is finished it is finished. And I just sat there and reflected on the last 12 years, how faithful God had been to fulfill his promise, how many battles I'd been through, how many ups and downs and spotting and this and that and struggle and health and all of the stuff was just going through my mind and just thinking, wow, God, I mean, how significant to bring this hummingbird back when I know I'm done. I'll never have to have a miscarriage again. I'll never have to go through any of this again. I just felt so much freedom in that moment that my life was changing. I was going from 
infertility battles constantly every day thinking am i pregnant am i not to wow (laughs) i have the four kids that i've always prayed for and god sent the hummingbird to fulfill that promise and show me another version of the first scripture that i read that hebrews 11 1 through 2 this is the version of the message sometimes i like reflecting to the message because i feel like it's a friend talking to you and i just kind of like that sometimes i need it and when i study i use a bunch of different versions i have different versions in my book as well but this one in particular i just loved and it says the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in god this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. I read this scripture in the beginning. I actually had said that it was Hebrews 11 verse 6, but it's 1 through 2. So anyways, I just love this scripture because I feel like it speaks so profoundly. As I walk through my journey, I question God time and time again. Like, why? Why did I have to face difficulties along the way? Why did I have to go through losses? Why did I have to wait to conceive each of my children? Why couldn't I just had them back to back to back like I always wanted? Why did God choose me for this specific path? And why did he speak so clearly to me all throughout my life in ways so detailed it was really hard for other people to understand and hard for me to communicate to them? I mean, how many people can you walk up and be like, so I saw this magnolia tree the other day and it told me I was going to have a baby and they just stare at you like what okay bye (laughs) and I was like you know why did you why did you choose to speak to me like this like why do you speak to most people through scriptures in your in the bible why did you choose to speak to me through things and and signs and wonders you know like why did you do that and the answer to that was literally clouded for the whole entire 12 year journey that I had until writing this chapter in this book and it really was so crazy because God so clearly was like faith because of faith and that his plan for me today ultimately determines the result of my tomorrow and every day thereafter that whatever happens in today is not for today right? Whatever happens in today is not for exactly what you need today, but for tomorrow and every day thereafter. The results of those battles and those things, the good times, the bad times, everything, the results of those are for tomorrow and the day after and the day after and years after and whatever. I don't know what God's going to do with my life. Definitely never thought I'd do a podcast. Definitely never thought I'd write a book. Um, But God is the only one that can see the purpose of all of our choices and all of his choices and all those things have on our tomorrow and every day. And we learn this and it's more and more and more important to grow our faith in him and trust that by faith, all these things through Christ are attainable in whatever way he sees that should happen. We need to trust him even in the worst circumstances We need to trust him. And as I read the scriptures that I'm going to read to you, it was so evident the power of having faith in God. It was so evident to me 
just the power of faith in general. The first scripture I want to read is by faith. We understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. When I read that, I was like, oh, power. There is power in that because everything that we see today, it came from what we can't see. What can't we see? God, hello. It came from him. It came from above. And because we can't see him, it seems like, okay, well, no, man made that. Man made this. I planted that tree. But that's not the case. God is saying, I did that and you can't see me and everything that you can see is from me. And by having faith, like, right, we get a seed, we plant our garden, we have complete faith that it's going to grow because a seed plus dirt plus water equals growth, right? And that's how life can be when you have God and you have the word and studying and relationship with him, all those things and having faith an unwavering type of faith in him. What does that equal? Growth. Like you have the seed, right? That's the Bible. And you have the faith, which to me feels like the water. And then you have the soil, which were deeply rooted in God and all those things together. And you could reverse them. You could say, well, God's more of the water to me and I'm usually the soil or whatever, you know, you can make it be whatever you want. But for me, it's like, you know, that's having faith. It's the same situation and having faith that it's going to happen and believing without a doubt. Well, it does, right? The garden just comes up. And if your garden don't, did you, maybe you didn't believe that it would. <laughs> if you don't have a green thumb, maybe you need to have more faith in your plants and they will actually grow. I've heard older people say, well, I talk to my plants. Do you talk to them? You're supposed to rub your fiddle every time you pass it, whatever. I just have faith that they're going to grow and all my plants are green. So I don't question them. Okay, moving on. The next scripture that I have is Hebrews 11, 11, and it says, It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. What? So there in that one scripture, we have the circumstances that don't make it happen. Okay, she says, too old and she's barren. Well, that sounds like someone who can't have kids. That's what they told me. But you know what? God showed me a magnolia and said, you're going to have them. And I had faith. I had the faith. I'm like, okay, I believe that that's what's going to happen. And one month later, it did. And I've really believed there's significance in that. I don't want to sit here. I want to be careful this whole entire time that you're like, well, I've never doubted him. And you're saying I'm doubting him. Like, please don't Please don't misunderstand the message here that I'm giving as far as like if you fully believe that God will provide a way, it still might be a different way than what you think. If you really want a baby, it might through, be through adoption, but you're just not willing to have the faith in God that that's the way he's going to provide. So I do want to plug that in there because I did not put that in my book, but I do want you to to understand that, that I really believe that like how Sarah was able to have a child was by faith in God that he promised it to her. And that's the other thing that's very significant. If God has not promised to you birth of a child, or God has not promised to you that you say you've been wanting to move somewhere, if God did not promise that, no amount of faith is going to make that happen because that's not God's promise to you. Right? That's very significant. But this scripture is actually confirming that it was by faith that Sarah was able to conceive because God had promised her and she believed 100%, even waiting 40 years. I mean, making my five-year wait for a baby look like nothing. 
in comparison to hers, but her faith remained incredibly strong as she clung to the word that God had delivered to her. So let's kindle our relationship with God to have a relationship where he can speak directly to you through something in some way to where you can have that promise to cling to and then by faith it happen. The Bible goes on to say, and so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. Do you know who to talk about? Abraham. Abraham. So he says he's as good as dead and a whole nation came from him. So it wasn't just Abraham. Okay. He's really kind of in these two scriptures, given the significance that it was Sarah's faith. And I want to be the one to tell you, like, if you have a burden for your family, your husband's not a believer. Look how much God honored Sarah's faith by faith, Sarah. I mean, her husband was as good as dead and he he was able to father a baby for her. Right. Because God promised it to Sarah. There's significance there. I mean, wow. That's kind of the news that we got from my husband. When I read that that night, I just was like in tears because I was like, I was like, wow, that's what the doctor had told us. Like, hey, his seed is as good as dead. Like you have another baby, you get pregnant, you're going to lose it. He will not father anymore. But it goes on to say that God blessed Abraham with so many people coming from his son Isaac that leads us to me and you today. It leads us to Jesus pretty much. So it's saying like from this significant birth is everyone, every person, like the sand on the seashore. Everyone comes from there. Like God deeply honors an unshakable faith in him. And I never want to doubt him because I never want to lose out on what I'm believing in. I never want to lose out on that, that relationship that I get with him every single day, this communication, this peace that you get from having a faith in him. In the same chapter in Hebrews, we see how every one of these big moments listed in the scriptures that I'm getting ready to read are all by faith, which blows my mind when it just like accumulates them all together from throughout the Bible in this one scripture. And it says, like in verse seven, it speaks of Noah saying, and by faith, he built the ark, believing the flood was coming. God told that to Noah. That was not the popular opinion for him to have faith. People were mocking him, making fun of him, and all those people died. Okay, so like having faith in God is not the cool thing to do. Verse 30 goes on to say, by faith, the people of Israel marched around Jericho and the walls came crashing down. You've heard that story before, but it says it was by faith. They believed while they were walking, God was going to do it because he told them he was going to do it. So it was the same as now. People around them were not believing, but they chose to believe. So even with it being the unpopular opinion today to say, hey, God showed me that I am going to do this thing. And he sent a hummingbird to confirm that. I'm going to have faith in that. That's between you and God. Don't let other people alter your faith that God is going to deliver that to you and it miss out on a blessing because that's not the popular opinion. It's not the popular opinion to say, you know, those type of things and other people believe it. It goes on to say, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of Gideon, Barak, Samson, David, Samuel, And all the prophets, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them, promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of a sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. 
by faith, by faith, by faith. Hear me say that because that is the same power that you have within you in having the faith in Jesus Christ in having faith in your relationship that it is real and it's true and it's pure and it's special and it's anointed. And I could just go on and on. And I do get super fired up. I feel like I sound like a pastor right now, but I get fired up because I'm like, don't miss out on your blessing because you don't have the faith. Don't miss out on whatever it is God's promised you because you gave up and you don't have the faith for it to be fulfilled. I would imagine that if this verse continued on, how long would it be? Right? All the way back then to present day times. How many people have had faith since then? I would hope that it would get to me and be like, by faith, Tori had, oh gosh, I'm getting chills. I'm going to start crying. I'm like, by faith, Tori had four children and mothered two angels that I have sitting beside me in heaven. Right? Do you see yourself there? Do you see yourself in whatever God's promised and and that that's you that by faith put your name there has done this and that? That can be you. You got to have faith. Here, another scripture that I do love is Matthew 17, 20 that says, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. This is a big misquoted scripture and I want to break it down because it is not necessarily saying like, I'm going to go home and I'm going to tell my house that I want it to be on this side of the hill instead of that side of the hill. I have the faith as strong, you know, the size of the mustard seed, it's going to move. No, I'm sorry, honey, but it's not. It doesn't matter how muscular you are. I got these big old arms from my nanny. I don't go to the gym, but it doesn't mean that how strong I am, I can make stuff move. No, but it does mean that if God has promised me that I can do so with the faith in him without wavering, I will do it. So if God told me tomorrow I was going to move this house, then I would be able to. But I'm not going to move the house just because I decided I was going to move it. Right. And I hope that makes sense because it is all it is putting the significance there that, you know, by faith in him as to what he's told us. And that's what's so important. These verses on faith are not instructing us to profess our own goals and dreams by proclaiming that by faith we can do whatever the heck we want to do. No, but it is telling us that by faith we can do whatever the heck God has told us that we can do. There is profound importance in the unshakable faith we have in Jesus Christ, God our Savior. It is so important and do not waver in your faith. Don't let other people convince you that whatever it is is not going to happen or whatever you believe in is not true. And do not let them persuade you in your trust and faith in in God. God has ultimately laid before you the path that you will take. If he's given you a sequence and he's already laid it out for your life, he will prevail. But it doesn't say that it is going to be a short journey. It doesn't say that it's going to be easy. If he's given you just a point A to point B, everything in between does not always be daisies. It could be a field of roses, and though they're beautiful, they are hard to get through, right? They have lots of thorns to get through, but with the faith, you can get through it. Later in that scripture, it says, Some face jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. Let's get that, okay? Those that have lost loved ones, 
those that have lost babies, those that have lost things, it is telling us right here that not all survived. Not all that were promised certain things were given the life they thought they would have, but they did not lose faith in God and God promised them perfection. That it says the world was not worthy of them. So whoever you're mourning right now, whatever you're mourning, the world was not worthy of them. Okay, God needed them and they deserve to live in perfection. I really struggle with that. Uh, Just like, why do, do the best people die too young? I mean, I don't want to die too young. So it's like, should I work on being good or should I work on being bad? Which one gives you a long life? Because our grandparents always told us like, oh, that must have been a really good person. They lived to be 110. I'm like, I want to be 110. I don't want to get in trouble. But it's like God is saying, you know, they did everything right, but the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. And this scripture, I'm still kind of figuring out, but it's hard to read and knowing that it is also very important to acknowledge because we see here God in the Bible is noting very important people, but also saying that the world was not worthy of them and he had a plan for them that ultimately ended up in heaven but that might not have been their plan okay their perfection that they were promised was living in heaven with god but their idea of perfection and what they were working towards might have been something else and even having the strongest faith god rewarded them with being in heaven with him so we do need to understand that there are situations and there are places that God will take us that we just have to have faith in him and know that it is the best for our lives and it is the best thing that we need. I want you to think for a moment about the instances in your life in which you wholeheartedly believe that God was going to intervene in a certain way, yet your specific prayer that you prayed, it went unanswered. It could bring to mind like a loved one that you thought would survive something, but in the end, they didn't make it through. Could be like a relationship you hoped wouldn't come to an end, or perhaps something else comes to mind when you reflect on a prayer you wholly believed and had complete faith that God would intervene in, but he altogether had a different outcome than you might have ever imagined. During this time, can you think if it like made you feel like God deserted you or didn't love you or whatever by honoring the faith that you continually had in him? But as I read it, I I thought about, you know, what if some of the prayers that I've prayed over my life, not I thought maybe they only altered my own life. Now, you've all watched those movies to where. You see that the person gets to redo on their their life and then they go back in time and then people disappear. This is what I think of when it comes to like me mapping out a plan for my life, me having a specific idea of how things should be and praying and having faith that God, okay, this is what I'm requesting. This is what I want. And I have complete faith that you're going to do it. But God has not promised that it would be done in that way. I think about those movies that you go back And your life completely changes. And that makes me be extra careful. Because what if you could specifically pick out everything the way that you think it should be for your life? And then when you see that side by side, the life that you're living in the other one, you're not happy. Or you have 
a lot of issues or you have a lot of problems um, or people disappear. What if you're married to someone totally different and your marriage is failing? You know, I think back to my prayers at 16 years old and thank God he did not answer those because I'm happily married to my husband now. We just had our 16 year anniversary and I'm so thankful that I'm not married to the person I was dating at 16 or 17. I'm just so thankful for that because I know I would not be happy because God had another plan. Right. And I can see that as like so evident because it's not a lot of things that are unseen. But I can think back to different prayers that God did not fully answer. And I can think, you know, that might have turned out this way if God had answered it in the way that I told him to. It it wouldn't have got me where I am today, you know, and, and I'm really thankful for that. And I think you can pertain your own life to that. I want you to rest in knowing this fact that God honors an unshakable faith in him. He truly does. He adores us completely trusting in his word that he's already given. And I mean that through the Bible, but I also mean like word that he's given directly to you just through you and him. We understand as Christians that he doesn't need our faith to do anything. You know, in the scriptures, it's like by faith, by faith, by faith. And that is not empowering the person that had faith that's not empowering me saying oh all these things happened to me by faith because i had this perfect faith yada yada that's not saying that it's saying that he honors us having faith in him but he doesn't need it he can do whatever the heck he wants but it does say in the bible it is given the importance to the fact that they did have the faith it's like he can do it with or without but he's made it very clear that he wants our faith he wants our unshakable faith in him I mean, this is utterly conveying that there is profound importance in it. And I want to be like that. So no matter how unstable your faith becomes, no matter how unshakable you feel like your relationship with God has become over the years for things that you've been through, there's always a fresh start, right? I was just telling my daughter this the other day. I'm like, every day is new and I love a fresh start. When me and my husband argue or when you get in a fight or fuss with some one of your friends growing up, I remember like, I just love a fresh start. And that's the first time I've done it with my daughter just to be like, listen, we're going to start over. Nothing from the past matters. None of the mistakes you've made matters. And we're going to have a fresh start. We're going to start fresh, hug it out. New day today, starting right now. Let's just start over. And she loved that. And I love that. And God gives us that every day. Isn't that cool? We always get a fresh start. So when you're angry, I want you to keep the faith. Okay? When you question God, just keep the faith, even if you don't know. When you're hurting and your heart's broken and shattered through everything you've been through, keep the faith. When you're consumed by doubt, can you keep the faith? Can you just trust that God is in control and He unconditionally loves us? He unconditionally loves us. Think about how you love the best person in your life. Whoever you're closest to in your life, you unconditionally love them. It doesn't matter what they can do. Just somehow you always love them at the end of the day. And God loves us like that, but even more. And all He wants is us to believe in Him. Have faith in Him. I have the definition of faith in here, and it says complete trust or confidence in someone or something, strong belief in God or in the doctrines of religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. This is from the Google Dictionary. And I loved that they put that, you know, it was in God, that faith was in God. It made me feel like, you know, faith 
and the belief of God is where faith actually began, which ultimately gives me more faith in God of knowing, like, was the word invented if the definition is having faith in God? You know, you say, just have some faith in me, believe I can do this. But faith was actually created by God, about God. And I think that's so cool, too. So, guys, I hope that you have learned something today about faith. I hope you have really found significance in your relationship with God and what that means. And I hope that this gives you encouragement to have an unshakable faith and belief that God can and will do things that you have been promised from Him, by Him, things that are written in His Word. So guys, I love you so much. I do. I just love you so much. And thanks for tuning in and listening to this chapter. We have one more chapter left in my book, and then I'll be on to a new series. So thankful you're here tuning in. I love you guys. Today, I am sipping on a Coffee United. We have a t-shirt about this drink from the coffee shop, Willowbrook Grounds. It is lemonade, coffee, and a couple spices. I'm not going to share my recipe, but it's really, really good. You should try it if you don't um, already. So I will see you next time on Chats in the Greenhouse with a cup of coffee from Willowbrook Grounds.